0: Hey everyone, this is Jamie Austin, pastor of Woodlake Church. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Woodlake, head on over to woodlake.church and enjoy this message. We are in week two of our series where we're calling Dave's Jukebox, where we are looking at David's playlist. In essence, what we're doing is we're walking through the Psalms that David wrote through difficult seasons of of his life, and in fact, the word psalms just simply mean praise, or actually one definition of the word word means this, songs of praise to be played by stringed instruments. I know we got a 50s set up here, but in my mind, David is like this 80s rock and roll guy, I'm right, Simon's with me right there, Okay. Songs of praise written by stringed instruments. I mean, in my mind, David is playing some awesome riff on a Fender Stratocast with his hair shaking like so. Anyway, that's just in my mind. It's not biblical, but there it is, right? It's in the book of Jamie. It's not in the other book, but no. Hey, but this morning, we are gonna look at Psalm 57 and Psalm 142, and those are interesting psalms, and I'm gonna tell you Why? David is going through a real bad season of life. Have you ever gone through a real bad season of life? And you thought, God, what are you doing? And sometimes his praise in Psalm 57 and 142, it's mixed with these incredible, God, you're amazing, you guide me, you protect me, and also it's kind of mixed in there with, for real? You ever done that in your praise and worship to God? Lord, I'm gonna gonna praise you, but just because I'm supposed to. Really, you don't feel like praising the Lord. And David, I believe we can identify with him as we look at his playlist here in Psalm 57 and and also 142. In fact, check this out. Psalm 57, he's going through this difficult season. Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster is past. What disasters he's talking about. Scholars tell us that at this moment, David was actually on the run from King Saul. So this is before David was King David, somewhere between David the shepherd boy and David ultimately who would be king. But in that moment, he was serving a king by the name of King Saul, whom was away from God. In fact the scripture says the spirit of the Lord had withdrawn from Saul and Saul was mad with anger and David ultimately you remember early on he was anointed as a boy he was going to be the future king one day he was going to sit on the throne but until then he was just trying to serve faithfully and as a result serving faithfully he was being hunted by King Saul let's pause there for just a moment have you ever just tried to live faithfully and it just felt like everything was coming against you Boy, we can connect with these psalms. So let, let, let's, let's go on and read it here. He says, I cry out to the Most High to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. He's talking about Saul and his armies coming after him. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. Verse four, I am in the midst of lions. Verse four talks about who, who had come and surrounded themselves around David. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Psalm 57 was written while David was hiding in a cave at a place called Adullam. Then ultimately he moved on to a place called En Gedi and while he was there, scripture records that there were men who were basically criminals. They were disenfranchised. They were on the run and they just kind of naturally surrounded David to include his family. His family came to, to check on him as well. In fact, if you jump to Psalm 22, it it, it talks about that David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam, where his brothers and father and household heard about it. They went down to him there. All those who were in distress, who were in debt, who were discontented, they gathered around him, and he became their commander. Man, misery loves company, right? Scripture says there's about 400. I want you to make a note of that. They came and came to be around David. Now, Let me give you a history lesson. David was anointed king in 1 Samuel chapter 16. That was about 1024 BC. He would not go to the throne. He would not take the throne until 2 Samuel chapter 5. That's like 1003 BC. What am I trying to say here? From the time he was anointed king to the time he would take the throne would be just over 20 years. Does that make sense? So imagine 20 years ago, you knew God had a plan for your life. He confirmed it through a prophetic word. You knew where you were headed. Ultimately, you were gonna be on the throne. Until then, you're trying to live righteously, serve the current king. You knew where you were going. And most of that 20 years was spent on the run. Now God, come on. I'm doing your will. I'm not perfect, but God, I'm doing the best I can. Let's just pause there for just a moment. If you're a believer here today and someone told you that the moment you say yes to Jesus Christ, you're never going to have a problem, listen to me, they lied to you. In fact, let's just keep it real. How many of you, you like said yes to Jesus? Some of you are in this place right now. You said yes to Jesus and it was like all hell broke loose. Write this down. The closer we get to God, the bigger hell's bullseye gets on our chest. Amen. Amen. So just keep, <laughs> listen, because something's going to happen to you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something this week, something's going to come after you, you're like, the devil is coming after me. You're absolutely right. But Jesus said that while you are in this world, you will. Everybody say, I will. I you, we will have problems, trials. Then he goes on to say, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So. So if you're here today and you're a believer and you are going through it, relax. That's normal. And God is still on the throne. Amen. The thing is but when we go through it, I love it that we don't have to just take it. Right. Boy, that's good preaching right there. Yeah. We have the word of God, Amen. Isaiah 41, 13 says he's promised to hold us by the right hand. He tells us not to fear. Why? Because he's with us. He's given us the authority over all the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. That's why I can come into church and like David, although my praise may be broken with, with pain, it's, but there's still praise there. Why? Because I know God is on the throne. Amen? And David knew that too. Fast forward just a little bit. 1 Samuel chapter 24, it gets real interesting. David is hiding in a place called En Gedi. You can go there today. It's actually a, a, a national park there in Israel. Now, I want you to lean in and listen. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told that David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. Make a note of that. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. In the Hebrew, that phrase means he had to take a potty break. Now listen to this. David and his men were far back in that very cave. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke to you when he said, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed, listen to this, and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe. I want you to make a note of that. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is anointed of the Lord. David already knew he was going to be king. Out of nowhere, Saul has to relieve himself. Now, Scripture is very clear. If you go back to, to the to the Mosaic law, there were very strict rules on how people were how to go to the bathroom. So, so in the army, the, the soldier had to go outside the camp. Why? To stay away from everybody else, take a digging tool, and bury your waste, and, and you had to be alone when he did it. And just out of nowhere, Saul has to use the bathroom at this very point, at this very moment, and goes into the very cave that David and his his men were hiding him. No wonder the men said, this is it. This is it. David creeps up, cuts a corner. I'm sure his men were, were angry. David, we're on the run here. It's hot. In fact, let, let me show you some pictures here. My wife and I just a few weeks ago actually got to be in Israel and be in En Gedi. And when they put the pictures up, I want you to look at that. Does that look like a pleasant place? It's hot. It's dry. There's a little. There's a little spring way up in the valley there, but that's really about it. You see the caves uh, that they they probably hid out in, and, and right there. And I tell you what's funny is there's wild uh, goats that roam this place. They're they're ibex uh, sheep for those of you that are, care. Um, but there's actually signs that literally say this, watch out for falling rocks because the wild goats knock them loose and they come crashing down. So put this in your mind. You've been on the run for maybe, maybe maybe, over a decade of your life. You are hot, you are tired, and the reason you are on the run and in hiding and fighting rocks from goats, throwing them at you or whatever, is because this Saul is away from God. And Saul is mad at David and mad at you, and he's hunting you down. And all of a sudden, they're in the cave, hot, dry, hungry, and dodging goats. And all of a sudden, David has a moment to literally huh, take a blood sample. Are you with me? Yeah. All David had to do was creep up and ree ree You know what I'm talking about? That's it. And it would have been over. Think about it. And then his men even told him this, David, this is what was spoken over you. Now, I want you to lean in. In fact, I'm gonna, let me pray. This is not gonna be fun this morning. Let me pray. Father, for the next few minutes that we're in here, your word today is to speak to your people And Lord, there's going to be a real good chance that we get offended this morning. But everything about your word brings freedom. So help us receive it in Jesus' name. There's one point I want you to write down, we're going to keep coming back to it. Conviction is protection for the believer. It's interesting. Everything looked like the stars were aligning. Kill him. Here's your chance. You're already anointed king. We all know, everybody else knows it too. We know where you're headed. His men are going, hey, 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 this was spoken over you. This is a prophetic word, David. This, this moment, right now, this absolutely has to be it. And David, instead of coming up and slitting his throat, simply cuts a corner of his robe. Then scripture says he was conscience stricken. New Living Translation said his conscience was bothered. One translation of that original word literally means he became broken hearted. Think about it for just a moment. He, he came under conviction. And why did he come under conviction? Well, he would have known the word. In the book of Exodus, it, it is very clear. It lays out the commands of God. He says, do not blaspheme God or curse the ruler of your people. Ultimately, Saul, as God's anointed king, and he was God's anointed king, by David doing that, he was going against the Bible, or, well, the, the Old Testament. He was going against Mosaic law, the word from God through Moses. Does that make sense? He disobeyed God's word. No, no, time out. Jamie, it was just a corner. Y'all with me? Who cares? Saul deserved it anyway, and it's not like he killed him. He just sent a message, right? I need everybody to lean in, because some of you are already looking for your church you're going to next week. (laughs) Don't. When was the last time our consciences were bothered when we cut some type of corner in life. I'm not talking to sinners. I'm not even talking to the world. I'm talking to Woodlake Church right now. And trust me, your pastor, had to answer about five altar calls this week as he was preparing this message, so I'm with you, all right? You see, we as the people of God can cut corners better than anybody else. Jamie, I'm a believer. I'm a I'm not like a sinner that's out there, you know, doing this and doing that. Listen, sinners do what sinners do. Come on, somebody. But we in the people of God justify our behavior all the time, don't we? In fact, David even had men who were using a prophetic word to coax him into killing Saul. People twist the word of God all the time. Are you tracking with me? Jamie... Who cares if I cheat on my taxes? The government cheats me all the time. Well, well, Jamie, I I know I'm a Christian, but you should have seen how that person in front of me was driving. (laughs) Lord help me (laughs) like I can like leave church on a Sunday and feel like so full of the Holy Ghost and then I get locked up in traffic and I don't know what happens to the Holy Ghost in my life (laughs) I turn into something else and can anybody identify with your pastor here today and we justify it right we justify what we watch on TV what we click on the internet what we decide is purity sexually or otherwise who cares what the word of God says? This is how I feel. Well, Jamie, I've been single for so long. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do that. Oh, everybody, I love you, but listen to me. We have to be careful when we start to hurdle the word of God. If we have to hurdle the word of God to get what we want, there's a problem. And David was Convicted, he was conscience stricken. He was broken hearted. How dare I do such a thing? And I love it. There wasn't like he started feeling bad like 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 three days later. He felt bad immediately. It was the conviction brought on by the word of God. Let me pause here for just a moment, Woodlake family. It's important that we are full of the word of God one and this is a spirit-filled church so listen to me one of the functions of the holy spirit is to bring back the remembrance with what god's word says so let me say it this way some of us you've been in a situation and all of a sudden there was a scripture there and you say i'm not good enough to remember that on my own i don't have a good enough memory how did i remember that the holy spirit brought it to remembrance amen that's why it's important to be in the word of god get in a bible study get in a sunday school class get in a small group come on wednesday nights let's get the word can i have an amen put it in us and watch what the Holy Spirit can bring out David had the word of God in him and when he did it all of a sudden the spirit of God connected with the word of God and his flesh and his actions didn't line up and he came under conviction the conviction of the Lord brings freedom well I feel bad listen to me the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus aren't you thankful for that here today Amen? But there is conviction. Condemnation brings guilt and bondage, but the conviction of the Lord brings freedom. God, help us feel your conviction again. Somebody say amen. amen. There is a school of thought that when David crept up and simply cut a corner, there is a school of thought that it had a little more meaning than that. In fact, in the book of Numbers and also in the Deuteronomy, God gave a command and said this, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember the commands of the Lord. Uh, If anybody's ever been around, been in Israel or you've been around Orthodox Jews, you see these tassels on their garment so there is a school of thought that when david crept up and cut a corner it wasn't just simply cutting the royal robe listen to me he potentially cut something that represented the the commands of god let your pastor step on some toes this morning i believe within the body of christ today there are people that tamper with the word of god all the time I don't like that, what it says, I'm gonna cut that part out. Are you with me here today? Uh, That makes me feel bad. So pastor, I'm bringing guests, don't mention what it says about sexual purity or about what marriage means or about abortion or about this or about that. Folks, it's time we start surrendering to the word of the living God. We don't twist the word to fit our lives, our lives need a twist to fit the word. Amen. 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 David tampered with the word and came under conviction. God, bring a conviction to the body of Christ once again. When we sidestep scripture, God, forgive us. When we, when we kick something out just because it goes against uh, how we live, God, forgive us. Convict us once again. Break our hearts once again for what your word says. Why? Because the word brings freedom. Amen. Brings freedom. Conviction is protection. Is protection for the believer. And the more we ignore conviction, the more sin grows. David refused to make it happen for himself. Now I want everybody to lean in. It's important that we let God fulfill his promises, not us fulfilling for him. You ever tried to help God out? <laughs> you hear the little just over there? We've all tried to help God out. I know what, God let me help you on this one. I know you're the creator of heaven and earth, but I got this, right? Isaiah, prophet Isaiah says this of the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord. You heard that? Sometimes it's not just about waiting on God. You have to wait for God to do his thing. And I know some of us, it feels like your entire life right now is in a buffering moment. God is never static. He is always at work. Can I have an amen? David refused to simply help God out. He refused to excuse this cutting of a corner. God, forgive me for, for, for tampering with what, you, what your plan is. Forgive me. And listen, I want to talk to the church here this morning. The, uh, Pastor Tim Delina of Times Square Church, he said this, a true revival will bring a conversion of the lost, but it also bring a conviction of the saved. I want you to take a picture of that with your phone. Folks, I don't know about you, but I wanna see a fresh move of God in the church, amen? Amen. Okay, buckle up. It's not just gonna be about people getting saved, but it's gonna be believers like us coming under a fresh conviction once again. God, I'm gonna stop cutting corners in my mouth. I'm gonna start cutting. Stop cutting corners in my mind. David even said this of the Lord. when He says this. He, in fact, I, I love it. He was so concerned about uh, the Lord. He said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, it's not going to be just about prodigals coming home and getting saved. It's not going to be about a simple, simply people getting free from this or that. But God, there's going to be a, a fresh conviction of those that declare you Lord. You see, we can't add Christ to our lives without subtracting sin. That's right. Well, let me say it this way. How many of us have been tucked in bed at night, all cozy, all is right with the world, and you're about ready to drift off, or maybe you've already drifted off, and there's this little sound How many of you heard that sound? You think, Did I hear that? I didn't hear it. You roll back over. You're about to drift off one more time. Beep. How many of you in the middle of the night have been up in your underwear, standing under each one of these things, listening, and about the time you think you got it, beep, It's in another part of the house. And it's never the one that you can get with a step stool. It's always the one that I got to go to my garage, get the rickety ladder out that I should have thrown away years ago, and stand on it like this, risking life and limb. But folks, especially if you got a baby at home right now, it is worth it. Change that battery, right? Boop. Do you know what those things are called? Not a fire detector. They're called a smoke detector. Y'all with me? Why is it called a smoke detector? Because if it only detected fire, there would no be getting up. The next thing you would do is roll over and say, hello, Jesus, (laughs) because it's over. But it starts to beep when there's smoke. Why? So we have time to react. I know this sounds super theological, but everybody lean in. When I am full of the word of God and sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I have a spiritual smoke detector in my life. Amen? Amen? And it's better to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit than to simply wait for consequences. How many of you like me have waited for the consequences? Lord, help me me to be sensitive. Once again, David could not bear it. He could not Absolute God, forgive me. It was immediate. Lord, I tampered with your word. I've gone against your word. I need to repent. Uh, I've got for, I'm not gonna live this way. I'm not gonna take another step, God, until you, you help me with this. Now, let, let me ask this question. And we've all been here. If you're like me, sometimes I've been in a, I've lived my life in such a way that I've gone against maybe one area or multiple areas of God's word so often that I've stopped feeling bad. That's possible. I've excused my behavior. I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've I've cut corners by by bad-mouthing somebody. I've cut corners in my attitude. I've cut corners in in this. I've cut corners in that, and and I stopped feeling it. Thomas Brooks, the Puritan writer, said this. He said, it is better to have a sore conscience than a seared conscience. Pastor, you hurt my feelings. I'm not hurting your feelings. Maybe you're starting to feel something once again. Thank God for it, amen? I have found that the Lord, if I will, if I will come to him and say, Lord, I, I need your conviction once again. I have found that sometimes when I stop feeling things, it's because God's gonna let me experience some pain. I would rather experience conviction than pain later on. But sometimes pain is the only way we learn. How many of you have had to learn because of pain? I know your pastor has. Conviction is protection for the believer. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, there's nothing concealed that will be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you said in the dark will be heard in the daylight and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the rooftop. Ultimately, what Jesus is saying is one day it's all gonna go public anyway. David in Psalm 142 and in Getty, not long after he cut the robe and finally confessed, he said, when my spirit grows faint within me, It is you who watches over my way in the path where I walk. There are gonna be some moments where I gotta say, Lord, I'm not gonna cut this corner. Lord, I really wish the Bible didn't say that, but it does, so I'm gonna need your help. Trusting that you know better than I do. Aren't you thankful that God knows better than we do? 1925, the US Open. There was a golfer by the name of Bobby Jones uh, had won many golf tournaments. Story has it that his ball had landed just in the rough off the fairway. And when he went up to address the ball, his club inadvertently grazed the grass near the ball and caused his ball to move. Nobody saw it. Not the tournament officials, not his playing partner, not the caddies, no one. Newspaper articles said that Bobby Jones assessed himself a one stroke penalty as a result the tournament as a result of that was forced into a 36 hole playoff and he ultimately lost to a Scotsman by the name of William McFarlane and guess by how much he lost by one stroke you read the newspaper article, it just like went on and on about his character and his integrity and and, and and how he just refused to 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 cheat. And it said this that Bobby himself always shirked any praise regarding the event. He said this you might as well praise me for not robbing a bank. He assessed himself one stroke. You know what we see in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse five? You see David assessing himself. I'm not gonna be okay with simply cutting a corner. I'm not gonna be okay, even though everybody else is, is affirming me, even though they're even twisting even something that sounds spiritual to, to affirm this. I'm not gonna let it slide. So, Woodlake family, can I, can I challenge you here today? If you are a believer, it's time that we stop letting things slide. Is it sliding in our language? Is it sliding in our private time? Is it sliding in our mind? Is it sliding in our finances? Is it sliding in our walk with the Lord here today? Is it time that we say, Lord, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disobey your word anymore. I'm not gonna pick and choose what I wanna believe. It's not about feeling it. It's about surrendering to you. God, convict me once again. And maybe, 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 we begin to assess ourselves with the power and conviction of the Holy Spirit in a lost and dying world. I have an example of what it means to serve Him. Conviction is protection for the believer. Here's the deal. I don't know about you, but your pastor wants a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in his life. And every time I move closer to the Lord, there are things that have to go away in my life. I'm gonna ask you to simply bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place. If you're watching online, maybe just join us. I'm gonna ask two things, and here's the first one. If you're here today and you'd say, Jamie, as you've been talking, as we've been looking at the word here today, maybe, maybe there's some areas you say, I'm cutting corners. I've excused them, I've justified them. But you'd be honest and say, "I just need the I need the Lord's help. I need to I need the Lord's, I need to assess myself. I I I need to I need the Lord's help of, of of I need to feel it once again." If that's you in this place today, I'm not going to I'm not going to single you out at all. But you say, Jamie, that's me. I I just need the Lord to convict me once again. I need the Lord to break my heart. If that's you, on the count of three. And Your pastor's hand is going up first here today. You say, Jamie, that's me. I need the Lord by the power of his Holy Spirit to convict me once again. Hands going up everywhere. Yeah, raise them up. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we need you. We've lived in a world that is encroaching on what your word says and Lord, even this justification for anti-biblical living is everywhere. It's creeped into our education. It's creeped into our families. It's creeped into our homes. It's, in, it's, it's creeping into your church. And Lord, we, we're just not gonna stand for it anymore. Holy Spirit, begin to move on us once again. May we simply stop excusing behavior and cutting corners, especially those things that are so obviously against your word. And Holy Spirit, move on us once again. Lord, if there'd be anybody here that maybe they're honest and say, you know what, it's been a long time since I have felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's been a long time since I've been conscience stricken. Lord, we just come to you once again. We ask Lord that you move on as a fresh and a new. In Jesus' name. your head bowed eyes closed, still and you put your hands down My hands went up everywhere let me let me ask this question if you're with us today and maybe you just be honest and say you know i'm not where i need to be with the lord well you heard pastor mike mention it here Well, you're the reason we turn the lights on today we're glad that you're here this morning, maybe something you're feeling something. You're watching a line and you're feeling something. Let me tell you what you're feeling. You're saying, I'm feeling almost a conviction or something going on on the inside. That's the Holy Spirit of God saying, Today is your day to say yes to Him. Uh, let me just put it real plainly if you're here today and you do not have a relationship with the lord you're here today and you'd say well jamie there are other ways to god there's other ways to salvation that's not true the bible is very clear jesus said that he is the way he is the truth he is the life and no one comes to the father except through christ well jamie i'm a good person it's not going to work well jamie I, i pray to other gods that's a waste of time We come to God through Jesus Christ and His forgiveness and His shed blood on the cross. Now, if you're here today, you'd say, "Jamie, I don't have a relationship with the Lord." Then, and I'm glad you're here. Can let me. Then you hear this: God loves you, and there is nothing you can do about it. The Word says that God loved us so much He gave His only Son, Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins, to pay the penalty. You say, Jamie, that just seems crazy. Well, let's just keep it real right now. Some of us have lived enough life and made enough mistakes to know that an I'm sorry doesn't fix it, that somebody had to pay. And I want you to know here today, Jesus paid. Okay, Jamie, now what? The Apostle Paul just broke it down real simple and said it this way, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be Saved. So here's the question. Do you need to be saved today? And if you're here today and you need to be saved, I want to invite you on the count of three to raise your hand. When you do, we're all going to pray. Every one of us. You will not pray alone. You say, Jamie, today I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven of my sin. I need to be right with God. I'm tired of cutting corners. Today's the day. Would you do me a favor on the count of three? First service, we had hands go up everywhere. And I believe we're going to have it in this service. Here we go. Jamie, that's me. I need to be saved today. One, two, three. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? If you're watching online, Pastor Dennis is right there. Let him know you're saying yes to the Lord today. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Y'all, this is why we do this. Amen? Amen. Anybody else? I'm looking all across this place. Say, Jamie, that's me. Thank you. I see you. Anybody else? Amen, 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 hallelujah. Folks, this pumps me up. That's why we turn the lights on. Amen. Not to play church. Anybody else? Amen. I'm gonna invite everyone to pray this prayer with me. So those of you that raised your hand, let me be your pastor for just a few more seconds here, okay? We call this the prayer of faith. It's just real simple. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer of saying yes to the Lord in Woodlake Family. We've had responses just like the first service today. We've had responses many. I'm going to invite you to pray and I want you to pray out loud. Nobody prays alone here in Woodlake. Amen. If you're saying yes to the Lord, let me lead you here today. Everyone say it. Dear Jesus, you are the son of God. You died for me. For my sin in my place. So come into my life, forgive me, and make me new. And from this day forward, with your help, I'm all yours. In your name I pray, amen. At Woodlake Church, our passion is to help you connect with God, find your sweet spot in ministry, and grow in your faith. Everyone is welcome at Woodlake. If you've never been to church before in your life, or if you're a lifelong Christian, Woodlake is a place where you can experience real and lasting spiritual growth. Music is upbeat. The messages are straight from God's Word. They're very practical. We also have great programs for infants through 12th grade. I mean, we have something for everyone. Come check us out this weekend. I promise you'll be glad you did.